Hey, it's Bill from the Pennsylvania Rock Show. This is Three Questions in a Song, episode number 23. And with me tonight from Toronto, Canada is Richard. And Richard, I know I should know how to say your last name, but I don't want to mess it up. It's Laco. Think of Lake, Lake, on- Lake Ontario. Lake O. Got it. All right. So you are going to take your shot at three questions tonight. And um, I'm going to give you a newer one that I know I definitely didn't ask you before. Um on the Pennsylvania rock show when you were here years ago. Um, the question is if you could take one album that you absolutely love and completely erase it from your memory, which sounds terrible, except when you think about it, because that means you get to hear it again for the very first time and you get to be, you get that joy of hearing it again. Which, which album would, would you do that with? Um, Wow, that's a really that's a really good question. Um, and it can only be one, eh? <laughs> that's what makes it difficult. There's a lot. There's a couple albums that blew my mind, but um, I would have to say, and this is because um, uh, not only because they're from Toronto, but uh, I my brother was a big fan of Rush, and uh, I was a big fan of The Cult, and I was like, "Oh, Rush sucks, Rush sucks." And then he was like, "Listen to it, listen to it," and I'm like, "Nah, nah, it's fine." And then so one night he actually gave me his cassette tape of All the World's a Stage, so it's a live album, the first live album. And I thought, okay, I'm going to listen to this. This is going to be ridiculous. This is going to suck. And I listened to it, and I listened to the first couple songs, and I'm like, "Ah ha, the drummer screwed up." Oh no, he didn't. That's off time. That's odd time signature. Oh, that's supposed to be like that. Oh, (laughs) what the hell? And, um, I ended up almost wearing that bloody tape out on my Walkman as I was listening to it in bed. And so I would say rush all the world to stage. Um, because a, it's a phenomenal first live album of a young band at, at their career. And their performance is just incredible. The songs are incredible. Their musicianship is just incredible. And they're Canadian. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh get getty lee was just here um for his book signing yes i i yeah. i didn't go <laughs> not a fan of rush well i i think it was like 80 dollars, and i'm not that big See, of a fan <laughs> you know what i mean i i don't think um i mean from my uh perspective anyways i think that it's kind of wrong to be charging to go for a book signing if people have spent the whatever it is on the book. I mean, I received it as a gift for my birthday or for Christmas. Uh, so I have a copy, but um, for whatever the face value is in American or Canadian, regardless of wherever it is in the world, um, if you pay money for that book, I think that it should, if there's going to be a book signing, you should be able to line up and, and stand, you know, the hours in line, whatever it is, if you're a fanatic of a, whoever it is you're wanting to sign and have them sign the book. I don't think you need to pay extra to have somebody sign a book. So I, I'm uh, in big disagreements with having to pay for a ticket just to go and have somebody sign your book. I have done one book signing and um, I did not have to pay for the, for the signature. And when I tell you who it was, you probably won't believe it. <laughs> it was Gene, Gene uh, Simmons <laughs> and it was, and it was free. <laughs> yeah. And how was it? Was it good? 
You know what? A lot of people had bad experiences with him, but he was interested in talking to me about my, my camera at a um, Sony Mavica that recorded a mini CDs and he wanted to know how it worked. <laughs> oh, very good. So yeah, I worked with them. I worked with them for a few times uh, on a couple uh children's charities for, for cancer, like for kids with cha- uh, cancer. And um, he was uh, extremely, extremely generous with his money. So, I mean, a lot of people say he's cheap and, this, that. And, uh, I mean, you know, personality wise, I mean, um, he is who he is, but, uh, in regards to being generous to kids and to children and to families who are dealing with cancer, he's been very, very heartwarmingly generous. Well, this is probably something you don't know about him, but he actually taught half a year of sixth grade before, before kiss, kiss got big. I did not know that. No. Yeah, so could you imagine <laughs> there's there's a class somewhere telling people that Gene Simmons were the, was his sixth, their sixth grade teacher. <laughs> but is, is that his real name, though? That's the thing. No, it's um, his name really. It's uh, oh, why can't I think of his first name? Chiamwitz or Vitz. I, I can't do the the. Um... He's part he's part Hungarian. I know he's Jewish mm-hmm. and he's part something else. Um, but I know that I, I think that he changed it to a stage name. He did. he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, same with Getty. Getty's name is not Getty, but, but hey, you ready for question number two? I'm ready for question number two. Okay. Can you tell me about the time that you realized that you wanted to be a musician? So oh, very young, very, very young. Um, Probably when I was around eight or nine years old, um, one Christmas, my parents ended up buying a small, like a junior size drum kit and the shells were made out of like a hardened cardboard. And it came with like a a hi-hat and this small little arm that uh, was a five-piece black little drum kit and the little symbol on the arm. And it was like a small 12-inch symbol, like a splash. Mm-hmm. And the hi-hats were two 12-inch splashes. And they were all bent. Like there was no smooth edge to any of them. There was like no plate. It was like all like bent up and down, up and down. And we also got a an old 1950-something Harmony guitar with this small little amp that had like a vibrato on it. There was no distortion. And so... Uh, my dad taught me my first drum beat on that, and my brother, um, my brother uh, jumped on the guitar. We both took guitar lessons previous to that. We have like uh, small acoustic guitars. My brother and I have uh, matching acoustic guitars, midsize, um, and I still have it to this day. Um, and our our family was kind of musical because my dad was a drummer back in the old country. Uh, he played saxophone, and my mom really loved singing. So it was glad that I was glad that they actually instilled music into us when we were younger. And I think it was probably like around eight or nine when we started jamming, me and my brother, just learning your, your basic open chords on a guitar. And I'd be doing a basic drum beat. And then from there, we just sort of progressed into more and more. And at that time, it was so much fun. I mean, we sucked. We, like we're making mistakes. We sounded probably horrible. My parents, you know, were rolling their eyes going, what kind of a bad decision did we make? <laughs> But I'm sure I'm sure every parent has that uh, conversation with themselves or their spouse, going, "What the hell do we do?" But I mean, that's the true um, exploration, I think. And um, thankfully, my parents gave me that opportunity, and 
I would learn, you know, folk songs here and there, but I would like to just make my own. And uh, eventually I got a four track and started recording my own songs and doing four track, like, you know, multiple multi-tracking. And then from there, it just progressed where I love really songwriting. Um, so I would say early age, like age eight or nine, thereabouts. This this show is completely different than the rock show. I don't even attempt to do a segue. <laughs> so what what I want to do now is we're going to listen to your song, How Long So Long. What can you tell me about that? Uh, well, that song is a very, uh, for me, it's a very personal and emotional song. Um, it's about um, the decline of my parents. Uh, I lost both of my parents in 2014. And uh, it's, for me, the, the lyrics are kind of, uh, kind of vague, uh, which is kind of the way I like to do my lyrics. Uh, they're, they're meaningful to me, but they're open to interpretation to other people. And when people kind of go, hey, I, I got this great meaning out of your lyric, and it could be completely the polar opposite of what my intention is when I wrote it. And they're getting something out of the song that I never did. And I'm getting something out of the song that, you know, I got when I was writing it. And so everyone's getting something out of the song. Um, so the long and the short of it is, is that it's about my parents when they were older and in their, their near final years and then in their decline. And then it was, um, the lyrics were kind of written when they were still alive. And, uh, when they did pass away, it kind of kicked me going, I got to get back in the studio and make another album. And I recorded the album just before my mom died. My dad died in January of 2014 and my mom died in December of 2014. And I recorded this, um, October ish. Uh, and so I finished recording the album, um, just before my mom passed away and then we were in the mixing stage, but the album is about, uh, the decline and my, viewpoint on my parents decline so we're going to take a moment and listen to how long so long by Broomfiller, and uh, we'll be right back with richard
How long? So long, by Broomfiller. Um, Richard, where where can people get a copy of your music from? Uh, you can go to broomfiller.com. Uh, you can go to our Bandcamp site. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We have a YouTube page. We're on Twitter, Instagram, all the the social medias. Um, yeah, you're able to buy it online. It's on iTunes. It's on uh, CD Baby. And if you want a physical uh, CD. Or uh, if you want some merch, like our T-shirts and hoodies and uh, thongs, um, you can get all that uh, from our website. Okay. Um, so I'm going to let um, Norman Lestrange from Bloodrun ask the next question. Okay, so what I need from you now is um, I need the question that you have for Richard from the band Broom Filler out of Toronto. I'm not going to lie. The first thing that popped in my head when you sent me that, because all I saw was broomfiller.com, I said, what the hell is a broom filler? <laughs> <laughs> so, so this whole time I've been thinking of a question, and I've been trying so hard to be creative, but I think in this case it's simple just might be the best bet. Where did you get the name broom filler from? <laughs> Broom filler. Well, that's funny. Okay, there's a bit of a story to it. So I'll try to make it as Cole's notes as possible. But back in the day when I was in high school, I was um, I was a, the drummer in a band called uh, Virus Three, and uh, we would we would basically jam in the afternoons when we had a spare during high school. And um, and uh, our guitarist's um, brother, younger brother, came home from school, and he was all sort of mopey and not really in a great mood and whatever. And we're like, what's the matter, Carl? What's the matter? And so he's like, um, well, I don't know. The teacher, uh, the teacher was in the class were laughing at me and whatever. And we're like, well, why? What's, what was the big deal? And they said, well, the teacher put this word on the chalkboard. And we're like, okay. And you know how you scramble the letters up. So they're out of order. You don't know what it is. Okay. And so they had this, like, this word on the chalkboard and the letters were all all the way. And, um, so he raises his hand going, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. And the teacher's like, okay. And she goes, he goes, um, oh, it's a lid boy, lid boy, L-I-D-B-O-Y. And, and the teacher's like, in the class is like, what the hell is a lid boy? <laughs> and he's like, um, well, you know, uh, somebody who stands by the garbage can and make sure that the lid's on the garbage can. Like, you know, and of course the class starts laughing going, oh, you're so stupid, whatever. Like this is, this is the stupidest lid boy no one's ever heard of a lid boy and anyway so the the word was bodily but he got lid boy out of bodily (laughs) and so so anyway so we're we're of course hearing this story and we're laughing going oh my god that's the stupidest of course it's bodily like you know 
but we weren't there, but obviously we're, we're kind of poking fun out of it saying that's just the stupidest thing. So we're laughing at it. We continue jamming. He leaves. And then when we're packing up, we're still uh, laughing about it. And, and uh, the main singer of the band, uh, he's like, okay, well, if I ever have a side project, um, I'm going to call it Lid Boy. And we're laughing going, that's going to be the stupidest name of a band ever. And so just out of the spur of the moment, I go, well, yeah, well, if I ever have a side project, I said that, that makes about as much sense as a broom filler. And we all like are killing ourselves laughing, going, that's even stupider. Like, what the hell's a broom filler? And uh, I, I, so I, I'm trying to one-up him. I'm like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Well, okay, fine. If I ever have a side project, I'm going to call it broom filler. And the, like, this is the stupidest thing we've ever heard. Like, Richard's really dumb. And so, anyways, about six months later, that band uh, dissolved. And there was no bands for me to drum for. And uh, I was like, you know what? I really have a lot of songs and uh, I'd really like to front my own band and the Foo Fighters were just coming out. And that was really inspirational for me with uh, Dave Grohl being a drummer and then a guitarist and a singer. And so I was able to get myself a bass player and a, a drummer and I ended up calling the band broom filler and the rest is history. So the answer to it is you don't know what the hell it is either. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people tell me what they thought a broom filler was. And I'm like, yeah, you're really close, but it's not quite. And it's just like, you know, it's like the, the ongoing, like, what the hell does that mean? But the, the closest person or the closest uh, idea was like, okay, well, you must be dirt then. Cause I mean, a broom would get filled up with dirt. Ah, I like that. And I was like, ah, that that's, that's what a, a broom would get filled up with is dirt. So really we're just dirt, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, Here's what I need from you, Richard. I need you to ask a question for the next guest, which is uh, Matt Weston. Okay. So I would like to ask Matt, when he's writing his song, it's a, it's a twofold question. So Matt, when you're writing a song, what is your instrument of choice to write on? And when you write your songs, are you thinking of lyrics first? Do you write lyrics first or do you write a melody or the song first? And then try to get that cadence to work with syllables and lyrics and words that would fit in the rhythmic musicality of what you're writing chord structurally. Um, so two questions. Do you write, what's your instrument that you write on? Um, and B, do you write the music and or the melody first, or do you write the lyrics first and then write music to the lyrics? <laughs> All right. So I have a bonus question for you. Okay, great. Okay. Have you ever written a U.S. history seventh and eighth grade social studies book? <laughs> because, because my seventh graders complain every time we do homework because the first three questions are like one A, one B, one C, two A, two B, two C. <laughs> Why don't they just number them? <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I, I countless tests that I've done in school and whatever else, it's always a, it's a, a sub question of another question. So, mm -hmm. uh, your the answer is no, but, um, sub questions upon a question is quite common. <laughs> hey, so one last thing. So earlier you mentioned that you could be found on Facebook and some other social media. Is it, um, broom filler? Is that, is that generally the username on all of that? That's correct. Yeah, it's uh, Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you just type in Broom Filler, and then you'll see that we're uh, a page, and you can just like us and follow us, whatever. And then on Bandcamp, that's another website, and our .com site is being 
currently uh, renovated, for lack of better terms, but it forwards to our Bandcamp site where you can get our CDs and merch and stuff like that. Okay. I want to thank you for coming on episode 23. Thank you so much, Bill, uh, for your ongoing support and not only for your support of us, but uh, in general for supporting local and not so local musicians and bands around the world. You're doing a great, great thing. And you, sir, are the rock star. I don't know if anyone's ever called me that. But we'll go with it. <laughs> we will go with it. All right. So make sure you check us out on the first and fifteenth of each month when we feature another 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 artist and a song and just three questions. If you are looking for the podcast a little longer than that one, you can check out the Pennsylvania Rock Show. That one's gonna uh, take up about an hour of your time. That is weekly on Fridays. Uh, we'll- That's well worth your time. 